Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Yes, sir. On Easter Sunday, I'm excited, Muff. We've got a lot of content. We've got a lot of things to talk about. I, I'm so pumped. Let's go. Let's go. So last week, we had our quidditch episode we did we had one from the austin outlaws participate yeah i'm a little disappointed in the loyal listener club because i've made some rounds on easter i've talked to family i've talked to friends and i'm like listen the podcast we're doing a lot of great things we had a quidditch episode and they're like what a quidditch episode i'm like so obviously you didn't listen to the episode and then they make me explain the episode because I'm standing there in front of them. And they're like, this sounds fantastic. I'm like, I'm not telling you anymore. Go listen to the episode. So if you haven't heard that Quidditch episode, get on it because it was fun. Juan gave us a lot of insight. Listen to that episode. Indeed. Hey, Jim, did you know that the, you know Space Jam 2, the trailer came out? Uh, Muff, you got me handing the cookie jar. Did not know that it came out. You know, Jim, and, uh, Jim was so excited for this on Christmas. He had the, the false hope. But we got it, Jim. We got it. It's was it out good? There. Have you seen the trailer? I did. I watched it. It was in between games around like Miley Cyrus time, between the men's basketball games last night on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's it was it was okay. Uh, right. it's, it's definitely there's some holes in there that leave you thinking, make you maybe want to go watch it. I mean, I'll probably end up seeing it or watching it shortly after it's available broadly. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, we'll see see how LeBron's acting chops are give it a shot right. um speaking of other things here's some soccer talk for our guy scott yeah. scott always wants us to talk about soccer so a little tidbit a little tidbit here uh germany the national team lost to north macedonia this past week in world cup qualifying it was germany's third loss ever in the qualifying stages of the fifa world cup whoa ever whoa they lost two to one there you go, Scott. We talk soccer. And there's soccer, Scott. Uh, speaking of other soccer news, but not really soccer, but a man that can probably kick the hell out of a ball, Manuel Higuera. Let's talk about this gem, Jim. Put this him in there. Kicker. He is the everyman kicker. He's 5'5", five five and, you know, weighs about as much as I weigh. Okay. The man's my hero. He's the Arizona Christian kicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, made like a 50-some yarder for them to win walk-off fashion. And he's already appeared on the Pat McAfee show this past week. And yep. I feel like he's making the rounds elsewhere. So let's. here's the hoping that this guy makes its way and somehow at least gets like maybe a combine trip in the coming years. I think that'd be pretty cool. You want to invite him on the show? If anybody, yeah. if any of our listeners have a connection to Manuel, Hit us up. Let's get him on our show. Indeed. We had a betting show this past week. Alex yep. and I did some, some betting talk. So we're at the finals now. In fact, the like finals. the women's game has ended. We'll talk about that in the Fast Five. But I got to know, how are you guys doing? Alex, I don't think Alex has the numbers out. I am 
after yesterday, I am four games under 500 with my betting, which speaking of not betting on every game, which just comes out to like 61, I'm okay with that. Yeah, not bad. Good that for could, you. Could have been a lot worse. Good for you. So, Muff, we're recording on Easter. I want to just let the fans get to know us a little bit. I got to ask, what was your favorite Easter memory? Uh, Easter memory. For some reason, Easter doesn't uh, doesn't resonate with me right? so much. Like, I mean, I think my favorite Easter memory that I can recall is always trying to figure out which color my Easter basket was compared to my siblings. Yeah. Like it's, it's always a thing. It's like, oh, who's got the yellow one? Who's got the purple one? And nobody remembers. Yeah. Okay. And, and there's no, and nobody ever remembers walk downstairs when we were younger. Oh, well, which one's mine? There's probably a fight or something. But <clears throat> my, my favorite funny. Easter movie or Easter Easter memory was my brother and I got RC cars. Mm-hmm. That when you pushed a button, out popped this Nerf gun shooter. Yeah. And it would shoot, so you could like drive around the house and shoot your dad, and like get the car to drive away. And I was just, I got it for Easter, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, I was some kind of super spy. So I was like, ah, that was the best Easter I've ever. So that was my favorite Easter memory. That should give you some insight on how I was as a little kid. I was basically the problem child. Yep. And, you know, the real reason for the season here, uh, celebrating old old JC, uh, you know, disappearing from that ta- that tomb in that cave. So, yeah. Gone. Moving the rock. Moving the rock, getting out of the cave. All right. Speaking of rocks and things you can do with your yard, um, take a listen to this promotion. This ad read for Keystone Lawn Services, your total lawn care partner. Spring is just around the corner. Are you looking out your window and seeing a long list of lawn projects you might want to accomplish this year? Here's an idea. Let Keystone Lawn Services, your complete lawn care partner, help you with some of those projects. Keystone Lawn Services offers free estimates. That's right, free, F-R-E-E, as in it won't cost you a cent of that stimulus check you've been waiting to spend to put your neighbor's lawn to shame. Does this sound too good to be true? Well, then you need to give them a call for your free quote at 724-998-8918. That's 724-998-8918. Or send an email to info at keystonelawnservices.com. That's info at K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E lawnservices.com. You can also check out their website, www.keystonelawnservices.com. But that's not all, because if you call and book your project before April 15th, you'll receive 10%, 10%, 10% off your service. So what are you waiting for? Contact Keystone Lawn Services, your complete lawn care partner, at 724-998-8918, or email them at info at keystonelawnservices.com. And now it's time for the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Three times. Muff, this is a, this is a busy fast five, full of fun and info. Fun and whimsy. Fun and whimsy. And first in this week's fast five, fast five, fast five. This league has has become customary. This league, this league, and this league. Yeah. First, we got a little bit of an April Fool's Day prank on Kyle Corver. In the broadcast booth, um, trying to get him to read 
Ron Burgundy, Ron Burgundy style from a teleprompter, mm-hmm. uh, making fun of some of his old teammates. I think specifically Dwayne Wade. Maybe Shaq was on there. I don't know. Al Corbett played for a lot of different teams. He was like the, the one of those like Rajon Rondos of right now. He kind of just got tossed around from team to team as part of trade. So, um, yeah, a little, little fun, a little fun. The sun. He caught it almost at the end of it before he said anything really, really, uh, really odd. Ignorant. Yeah. Well, I'm not even ignorant. I think he's just. Whatever. Kyle Corver, you almost got punked. That would have been awful. Would have been funny. Still was funny. Because Yeah. Did you mean Nate? All right. All yeah. Right. <laughs> Siri just starts coming in, trying to talk. All right. Did you mean did you mean that? Um and next in the league, this league. Oh Russ. Russ. Russell Westbrook. So Stephen A. Um, he ran his mouth. I guess is how I'm gonna I'm gonna put that. Um, as Steve, as Stephen A. does, basically saying, you know, congratulations on your achievement. I think I don't remember what when it was. It was a triple. He had a historic triple double this past week. And congratulations, but you still haven't won a ring, so. Eh. Basically, just shout all over it. He says, I don't care about the historic triple-double. You don't have a championship. This isn't about the man's character. It's about the game. Uh, Okay. And basically, Russ responds with, Look, I won when I I got to the league. I'm a champion because I got in the league. I, I basically was... I'm from the streets. I got out of my situation. I'm a winner just because I'm a winner. Like, back off me. And then, you know, uh, Russ's wife gets involved and kind of brings up the point of these talking heads basically have all this say. And could you imagine being a college kid and Stephen A doing this? And how, how Stephen A can shape a career or talking heads like Stephen A. Um, Shaq comes in and defends him and says, you better expect this is a great player. And Rush should just roll with it and let it roll off his back. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, how many players, especially you see this in the NFL more than anything, um, like Dan Marino, who never won a championship, blah, blah, blah. Um, it just it just continues on. So as a great player, if you don't have a championship, you should just expect people to down downplay your game and how great you are until you get a championship. I think the larger point was why, why did Stephen a even open his mouth? There was no reason for him to come at him like that. In my opinion, Stephen a makes a lot of money to do what he's doing. So I don't disagree, but it was, it's part of a bigger war, I think between Russ and him, but still like there was no reason for it. Speaking of wars, yikes! Ooh. Kevin Ooh. Durant, Kevin Durant, and Michael Rapaport. Yeah, got, so got into it through the DMs. Yeah, uh, it stems from KD was on uh, the NBA live show. Uh, Rapaport didn't like how KD was answering the questions, and they get into it via the Twitter DM. KD says. Some profane things 
at Rappaport. Um, through the DMs. Through the DMs. Um, I'll let you guys be the judge. If you, you, I'm sure you can find it. But how else you want to label the comments? They weren't great. They weren't good. Um, Rappaport leaks the DMs. And Katie gets fined 50K for inappropriate and derogatory derogatory statements. Lesson here is Katie, don't press send. Um, yeah. Or, or find one of your burner accounts, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one so, of the five you probably have. I mean, I don't think you should say it the way you said it. In the long run, like we, we aren't going to condone some of the things that, that Katie said on this show. But if you want to come at the man for disrespecting you, don't press send. Find a different way, Katie. Find a different way. More people in the NBA getting heat. Draymond Green now. Um, for his comments, he was making comments. He was having a discussion on the pay gap as you see it within men's and women's sports, whether that be at the professional level, obviously with the recent NCAA women's basketball tournament, what we saw happen there. Um, <clears throat> paraphrasing, Draymond basically said, women should stop complaining about the pay gap and start taking action. I think that's kind of a bad, it's a bad look for Draymond. I mean, taken out of context, he did say other things and tried to address it in a different way. Um, I think Draymond was saying that it's there at this point, everyone knows it's there. What's the action that's going to help bridge this gap. Um, now the good news is you've got Megan Rapino. Um, from the, the women's national soccer team, the U.S. women's national soccer team, going to Congress, making statements, doing some lobbying, uh, different ways of things that can be done there. So there is some action being taken. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think this is one of those things that's going to get solved in three months, six months, a year. This is going to be a five to ten year thing that's got to happen on. Um, and I just... For somebody, Draymond, who's in a league that has all of the resources available to it, has these huge max contracts that are there, um, I just think it's a bad look for him to even be paraphrased as saying something like that. So, um, His statement, like the phrasing of the way he said it, like he should have said it that way. Um, I understand what he's trying to get at, like women need to stop complaining about the pay gap and start taking action. I think he's trying to say like everybody needs to get off the bench and start making sh things happen. Cause I mean, I think I think people do need to take action, but I, Draymond's, we expect these guys to be politicians and mince their words. We got to remember that these guys are just athletes. And they're, they're trying to do the best they can and sound professional and political. And sometimes they just screw up. And it's not like we're saying shut up and dribble like other analysts and people have said. We're just saying like, hey, it, the expectation you have shouldn't be that of, you know, a sitting U.S. senator. Yeah. And even those guys screw up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot. <laughs> Draymond, like maybe think that think out what you're gonna say before you speak. If you think women should get paid equally, but they need to take action on it, and people need to march for them, and maybe think out what you're gonna say. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, man. And in L.A., Jim, we're going to have fans. Yeah, this to me was shocking. April 15th, the Lakers will have guests. April 18th, the Clippers will have guests. They'll have 50 guests, but California was real tight about the restrictions, and now they're starting to loosen up their reins. So we're going to see what, to me, Muff, that means there's hope for all the sports everywhere. Does that mean that we should loosen it up? I don't know. I mean, they're they're not Texas and the Rangers and getting a full stadium there on opening day. So, but when you get California, specifically LA, lightening up the reins a bit, ever slightly, we could be coming to the end of of the COVID chokehold. I don't know. Could be. And next on this week's fast five, fast five, fast five, not this league, but the league. The National Football League. What a week it was, Jim. What a week. We're going to try to roll through this here. Um, Biggest news league-wide. We've got the 17-game regular season, which is coming to play now. Yeah. A lot of things go into this. There's still only one bye week. The Super Bowl is a week later than it was originally planned. The preseason will be shrinking. Hold on. Um, Do you know the Super Bowl has traditionally always fallen on my birthday mm. and now it will now move thanks to the 17 game season is so that now, good or bad for you well muff my birthday is on february 7th for those who want to get me something a week later that means valentine's day hmm. what do you think that means to <laughs> the world well super bowl valentine's day like they better start finding a halftime show that's pleasing for valentine's day dates (laughs) right like there are times i think the ratings are gonna go down that's what i'm saying yeah people that really want to watch are still gonna watch we'll see we will see the preseason will be shrinking um the the way that this was uh, labeled in the way it was dictated is the number of games a team plays throughout the preseason and regular season will not exceed 20. Obviously, it doesn't count the playoffs, and the Hall of Fame game participants are the only ones that will have more. They'll have potentially one extra game from the preseason. So Wait, what? Less There's less preseason games. So three three preseason games and four for the Hall of, game, Hall of Fame game participants at the most. So there's... Okay. That's one of the trade-offs, which I guess was was they liked it. The, the players liked it a little bit more. There was less of a preseason, but again, that's less of an opportunity for you know the last ten to fifteen guys on the roster as well. Which I was cool with, but then we did the whole Hall of Fame game thing, that little twist there at the end, and I still don't understand it. Because the Hall of Fame games typically before any other preseason games, like at least a week before. So, so there will be a team who actually like, gets an extra preseason game. Potentially. I don't think it's written in stone, but I think it's if, like, maybe this year, those teams will have an extra game. I don't know. Okay. All right. TBD, I guess, a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> the players' revenue share will increase over the coming years, but contracts appear as they're going to remain the same. Um, there's some, like, ins and outs of people to get more money. I think, like... Jimmy Garoppolo somehow his contract stipulates some things that he's going to get 
a whole bunch more money out of this. Um, you can look at all the details, people. What really this means is there's going to be an extra week of football. Again, only one bye week, which I think was a big thing for the players. They want, If they were going to get an extra game, they want an extra bye week, but that did not happen. So the players' union did not make that happen for the players. It also means that on the week of February 14th, the grocery <laughs> store is going to be more chaotic than usual. Ooh. Yeah, you go get your flowers when you go to get your nachos. Go ahead. Get those nachos. What's a good record now? Like seventeen oh, game yeah. season, I don't know. like it's gonna it's gonna mess with in my mind like how things go. So I, we'll see. I think eleven and six is what you're shooting for it's for playoffs now. Yeah, That's my thought. Next up, the Chargers are for sale. We don't really know. So Dean Spanos, the Chargers owner in the Spanos family, uh, Dean Spanos petitioned the court. To put a portion up for sale. Apparently there's a war in the Spanos family. Where the trust is losing money. Uh, reportedly $11 million a year. By the losses caused from the team. And one of the siblings. I believe it's the sister. Is pushing to have the team sold. And Dean is saying. Okay well then. Let's just sell her her portion. The sister wants the whole team sold so they can recoup the money that the trust has lost. There is a rumor that Jeff Bezos, huh. you know, Amazon, is interested in buying the Chargers. So obviously there are interested parties like, hey, let's sell the Chargers and get out and make some money. So an interesting tidbit. I'm a Chargers fan. And would like to see the Spanos family out of ownership. So, I hope the sister wins. Welcome to Amazon. Yeah, welcome to Amazon. You're going to have the Amazon right next to your Siri phone situation going on over there. Yeah. Speaking of owners, Dan Snyder reportedly has bought out all the other owners of the football team of Washington. Huh. I don't know what this means. Apparently, he's trying to gain all of the control back. What do you like? Do you think he's trying to like somebody's like I got a name for the football team? He's like, nope, I buy your cell, I buy your share. Hey, I got a name. I'm buying you out next. What if he's doing all of this just so they remain the football team in Washington? I hope so. <laughs> I think it'd be hilarious. I'm all about it. Yeah. He can. They can get. They can get sponsored for by Rocket Mortgage, just like you know Michigan State or somebody. <laughs> That's, that's what I want. <laughs> Looking forward to the fall in the 17-game season, Roger Goodell says, let's have people in the stadiums and bring it back to the Roman Coliseum. So He didn't say the Roman Coliseum part. I added that, that in. That was but your part, yeah. That's me. Um, okay, like, I can't knock it. Uh, We've got some time. If we've got the scientific data that says that everybody's okay to be back, all right. If LA is saying we'll let 50 people in, because that's what the scientists say, and Roger says, let them all in, there's an issue there for me. I, I don't know. Roger's got a hedge on the side of the owners here. I mean, we all know yeah. that. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's doing his lobbying right now. I mean, he's doing it four months out, so you can't, you can't blame him for saying it at this point. Yeah. 
I want to be careful. I want to be careful. Yeah. Because I think there's some variants out there, which I don't know if we put this in the Fast Five, but I'm going to take a weird twist on you, Muff. Okay. Um, the Canucks in the NHL yeah. have like almost all of their team is wiped out right now with COVID. Oh, they got COVID, eh? But they don't just have COVID. Yeah. They got the variant. Mm. And a couple guys are in real rough shape on that team yeah. because it's the variant. So let's be real careful with this opening of things. And that's even in Canada where they've been pretty tight on everything. Thank you, Muff. Thank so. you. That's kind of what I was getting to is like if they got the stuff on lock and they've been real strict about it, we're like, let's open everything up. Let's make all the baseball stadiums and football stadiums full. Let's breed the variant right here in our Petri dish called the uh, Aflac Stadium. You know what I mean? Come on. Uh, speaking of things being full, Jim, my heart is full. Bruce Arians got a tattoo in celebration of the Super Bowl win. Did you and see it's it? Everything that we want it to be and more. It was well done. It's good. It's good. Good tattoo, which also means, hey Nate, if you're listening to the show, I tell you what I'll do. I'll pay for you to get a tattoo. Ooh, sports stuff with Jim and Muff will pay for Nate's tattoo if he gets this. Muff put it in the in the bio of our episode. We let this out. Because he might not listen to the show, and if he doesn't, I'm mad at you, Nate. I will pay for Nate to get a tattoo of the Super Bowl, like Bruce Arians, on in support of Tampa, wherever he wants it, hmm. as long as we can video it and promote it on our show. <laughs> I'd love to see Nate get like a calf tat. Yep. <laughs> as I long want. as we can video it and put it on the show, I'll pay for it. All right, there we go. The, the the challenge has been sent. Sam, don't listen. Just <laughs> just let this happen. Let this happen, Sam. Uh, Deshaun Watson still in the news. Yeah. So now there's a police investigation on Mr. Watson after a complaint was filed on Friday. The man is also facing 21 lawsuits. Deshaun Watson is adamantly denying these charges. Yeah. Um, he welcomes the police investigation because apparently he was he's not been put in the loop of who these allegations and lawsuits have been made by other than the lawyer that's you know representing these people mm-hmm. um so yes that has happened that, that's about all i know from it like <laughs> yeah that's it we're gonna, let this one, we're gonna let this one play out i mean that's where we are i mean i tried not to i tried to you know watch it I tried to read like three or four articles. That is essentially it. So I'll tell you what, we, we have to end this on a positive note. And this is positive for me. I don't know how you feel about it. We talked about this many months ago. Aaron Rodgers is going to be hosting Jeopardy soon, Jim. I believe as early as this week, if not next week. I'm excited because that man's dry sense of humor is going to just rock Jeopardy in my mind. Like, it's going to be fantastic. I'm ready. I'm pumped. Let's go. Yeah, I think he's going to do a good job. Or at least it's going to be very entertaining. Indeed. And next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bam! Baseball, baseball, baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Opening week, opening day. The Buckos win. We talk a little bit more about this in the Homer section this week with 
baseball guru Hugh, the Buckos win, the Buckos win, and the Buckos win. Maybe their only game of the season. We have a situation with the Washington Nationals testing positive and postponing their series against the New York Mets. Way to start out baseball. Yeah. Yeah. The Nationals didn't have a problem last year. The Nationals were one of the teams that had problems last year, yes. I think it's the subway system. I'm going to blame the subways. This is a sports show. Like, you just dropped... You just drop conspiracy theories on our sports show. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to toss it out there, see what sticks. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Speaking of things that sticks, we had a bench is clear. I'm not going to say a brawl. We talk about this again in the Homer, but listen in for that. Yada Merlina from the Cardinals, in the thick of it as always. Um, do what we got to do. We've got already this year, Jim, we have games canceled. And they've already decided to move the All-Star game from Atlanta. So, this has been major news on every news outlet, every sports outlet. There is some fear. And Muff, I heard a twist to it that I'd like to bring up to you right now. Mm -hmm. The Masters is in Georgia. Indeed it is. And the conversation was like, well, the Braves aren't leaving. The Hawks aren't leaving. The Masters isn't leaving because it's... It's the equivalent. Like, you don't have the Masters outside of Augusta. Correct. So it was like, oh, well, put that one to bed. But what do you think of the Masters situation in regard to this? Is the is, is there fear of protest on the part of the Masters? Is there... The Masters is in such a private club. Um, uh-huh. There could be potentially some protests. Again, you have limited fans. Sure. Um, it's so, again, it's so private. You could have things like outside the main gates, um, but there's so many layers of security and everything to even get to the parking lots. I, I don't anticipate you're going to see much at the Masters. Um, it's not like it's next to – it's within a city on a city street like the Hawks – arena um or the brave stadium so it's it's a little bit different so i I think there's a little less concern for that um, as far as things happening at the event itself so i kind of feel the same but like this was that was a topic on saturday morning talk radio that like the masters is in georgia what does that mean um as far as what it means to baseball according to some politicians in georgia the move of the all-star game will cost the state of Georgia $100 million in tourism dollars. Yep. Which to me is, first off, crazy. Second off, so be it. Like, the MLB is a business. They've decided to take a stance. They will catch They will catch blowback or cheers for making the move. And it is what it is. Like... I mean, this is why you put bids in. This is why it's a big deal to get like the all-star games, big deal to get the Olympics. Yeah. That money that comes in for it. And it's political in the end when you think about it. I mean, they they pick because of the stadium and they probably pick because of the politics that are played behind the scenes. Exactly. And this is the politics coming back to bite you. So um, the big thing about this is that players were part of, of this discussion and this ultimate decision, which is, I think it's great to see from the MLB again, as far as leagues go, um, 
not thought to be the most progressive, but you know, this is a f- positive step for them. Let's be honest. They're the last ones in line. Like you and I've been doing a show. This is episode what? 55, 56. I think you can hear the, the annals of this show and hear how we land on who's, who's up first in progression. Like NASCAR's got them beat. <laughs> it's, it's between them and hockey. NASCAR is, yeah, NASCAR hockey and MLB are the bottom three. Right. And so to me, this was a big move for baseball to like Mm -hmm. pull them ahead. And now I think hockey, we're all looking at you now. Your move, buddy. Hockey's going to hockey. They're just going to keep doing their thing. Um, So you've got, you've got something here, Jim. Yeah. So I'm going to end on a cool note. Uh, Those of you who are fans of the Black Keys, Patrick Carney, is the pinch drummer for the Cleveland baseball team. I don't know what they're calling themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in the opener, um, John Adams, the fan who is the drummer in the outfield, um, will have heart surgery and will miss his first game since 1973. Ooh. So the Black Keys drummer, an Ohio native, and Indians, oh, Cleveland, whatever you want to call him, fan, is filling in as the drummer for the game. And that, to me, is fantastic. He actually asked James if he could, you know, fill in. It was like a mutual thing, like, yes, take the mantle and go be the drummer. So I would love to be at that game. I'll tell you that, just so I could see that whole drumming situation. So cool thing in baseball. Drama, drama, drama. And next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five, college basketball. Super, super exciting end to March Madness. Oof. Um, unless your name is Mark and you're a piece of crap. But, yeah, yeah I don't care. I'm not letting off. He's, he's, he's still on top of the game right now. Let not alone the other parts. Okay. Not letting off. So, we've got some some things in here before we get into the actual games themselves go ahead um interesting interesting bit of information came out this week eight of the 10 most followed athletes on social media that were in the elite eight from both the women's and men's side were from the women's side but they can't lift more than 30 pounds they're not profitable shut up mark <laughs> uh page beckers Becomes the first freshman named AP Women's Player of the Year. Good for her. And Luca Garza is named the AP Male Player of the Year. Good for him. Good for him. I don't agree, and we'll get back to this later. No, let's do it right now. It's it's very it's it's mixed in with an outcome to a game. So okay, all right, here we go. So we're gonna start with the women this yes. week. Yes, starting yes. with the women. So in the final four. Again, the game just ended as we started recording here tonight. Well, we're going to take you, the final four. We're going to take you through the semifinal games. Yeah, that was some shocker there. First, South Carolina Stanford. I probably one of the craziest and most eventful minutes of basketball I have seen in a long time. What St- an entertaining female basketball game you say, yeah, Muff? It was Stanford and the. Winning by one, but just the the way that it went back and forth with Stanford going up, 
um, South Carolina coming back and getting a bucket and going up and then Stanford getting a bucket and then getting the foul and then South Carolina stealing an inbound play. This is all within like 50 some seconds. Um, And then South Carolina stealing an inbound play, going down, missing a contested layup and then missing the putback as time expired Um, was just, it was nuts, especially that last series where South Carolina stole the inbound play um, and made a run for it to, to, to take the game, which did not end up happening, but just, action 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 it was it was great i was actually out out at dinner um while this was going on um i was getting me a permani sandwich jim mm, permani sandwich and uh you know i was i was glad I, I stuck around i was like i'm gonna wait until this is over and i'm glad i did yep i agree and in what many are saying the upset of the final four we had arizona beating yukon and pretty much beat them handily. Uh, jumped out and kept this one at arm's length pretty much the whole game. Uh, putting a stop to Paige Becker's um, Arian McDonald from Arizona put the clamps on Paige um, and just paced the Arizona offense at the same time. So the complete game by Arian McDonald. Um, the UConn leading scorer for the night was Kristen Williams, and she fouled out halfway through the fourth quarter on a phantom foul gym. A phantom foul. It was even reviewed, and they still kept the call. It was probably one of the worst calls I've seen that went to review. There was some officiating all tournament that was kind of ugh. Yeah, I mean, you've got to say UConn did get potentially the benefit from their Elite Eight game with the non-call against Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can't get them all, but it was it was really odd, especially because it was reviewed and they stuck with it. Um, but yeah, Arizona takes it in Arizona Stanford in the championship game. Before we get to that, Jim, I think you've got a note here about the three point line in the women's game. So Gino wants the three point arc moved to match the men. He wants the the lane widened because he thinks the game will be more more free flowing. Not that it's not free flowing, but he wants to make it even more. I, I, I can't say that I disagree with him. I mean, it's, what's it going to hurt? Exactly. What's it going to hurt? And then we had the championship game between Stanford and Arizona. Jim, you want to take us through that? I know you no. watched this more of this than I did. It was a great game. I, I don't know the players. I don't know the names. I can say it was a great game. Stanford went on a mad run in the first half. I think they were up 10 points at half. And it looked like they were handling it pretty well. Um, coming to the second half, Arizona started just taking over and started coming real close to within striking distance. Never really grasped the lead. Um, but we're always within one, two, three points. Um, towards the end, Stanford got a good seven-point run. Arizona came marching back again. Last minute in the game, um, Muffinire. Jim, Jim challenged me to a bet. Muffinire getting ready for the show. It came down to, I think, three points, four points. It was fifty-four fifty, and Arizona made a run, and Stanford ended up winning fifty-four fifty-three. Yeah, and it was a very entertaining game. I never felt like Arizona was out of it. Mind you, these 
two teams had played twice before. So it was yeah, and Stanford won both of them. Yeah. And still I felt like Arizona, you know, could have taken I mean, I bet Muff a dollar. So ooh, a dollar, I know, but still like I thought Arizona had a shot at it. The storyline in this all the storylines between the players, the coaches, Arizona's coach is a new mom, her assistant coach is her husband, like she she tossed the middle finger up after their win against <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was an all-time thing. I thought it was great. There were people that were like, oh, it's, she's got to be better. I was like, nah. If this was any other game, nobody would be saying a word. Just let it be. My wife was all bought in on Arizona. She wanted them to win so hard. I was. It was just a great storyline. And to me, like all the controversy about the women and how they were, you know, mistreated by the NCAA and yeah, I didn't. They didn't have a Miley Cyrus concert, did they? Probs I didn't not. see one. I didn't see one. Probs not. But you just know, say, just saying. You know, Mark will tell you that he spent equal dollars. In fact, he spent more dollars on COVID testing. Come on, man, get out of here. <laughs> uh, and on the men's side, by the time this comes out on Tuesday, you will already know the outcome of the final game. But to get there, we had Baylor taking on Houston. And Baylor showed out. They showed why they're elite and one of the two best teams in the country. Uh, many people actually have thought this was the case all year, even though other teams are ranked ahead of them in the standings. Um, these two teams play a similar brand of basketball. They both play man-to-man tight, man-to-man defense. Um, they focus a lot on one-on-one matchups. Uh, it was just Baylor was better at that game than Houston was. And I, had, if I would say if they played 10, 10 times, Baylor's probably going to win 8 or 9 out of 10 of them. They are just a better team. But didn't we know that coming in? We did. Like, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't know basketball. We watched March Madness for the upsets. Mm-hmm. Is that, I'm am I wrong? I mean, that's where the, the, that's what people watch it for on day one and two. But when you get down to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and Final Four, you want the Blue Bloods there because you know that brings the viewership. I didn't watch that the Baylor-Houston game. The Gonzaga-UCLA game. I, I, I didn't watch. I don't care. Yeah. My team's not in. Big Ten's out. The upsets aren't really that. Like, if any of these teams get upset, they're not really upsets anymore. Yeah, they are. What are you talking about? UCA is 11 seed. But, like, uh, 11 okay. seed to the Final Four is, like, as much as you get as far as the Cinderella story, since you are the said that they're a Cinderella story last week, just so you know. Sure, but I'm saying that's that one game. I get what I understand what you're saying. You're not going to get two games like that in the Final Four, Jim. That's my point. Whereas, like, I think the women's the women's tournament, and maybe it's because you don't watch enough women's games. Like, you get entertaining games every game. Well, speaking of entertaining games, Jim, the Gonzaga UCLA game was an all timer. If we're talking about entertainment value, uh, UCLA showed out, put all the doubters to shame. Everyone, that what time was that on? By the way, it was a nine. Okay. Uh, all the doubters to shame. 
everyone was saying they had to slow the game down to compete against Gonzaga. Guess what, Jim? They were full throttle the entire game and never backed down. Um, it was entertaining throughout, a high-scoring game. Um, <clears throat> offensive foul at the end of regulation, which you don't see too often. Um, it looked to me to be the right call. And if Gene Steratore, a Pittsburgh born and bred official, says it was the right call, I'm going to say it's the right call. Oh, yeah. Go figure. He's the analyst, Jim. They have oh. him as the analyst. Okay. Just so you know. As long as he's from Pittsburgh. He is from Pittsburgh. I actually, uh, just so you know, went to high school with one of his kids. So there you go. Um, overtime started out. It was all Zags in Timmy from Gonzaga. Um, they wrote it out and then almost were forced to do a second overtime. Oh, but nay. But nay, they're giving up a five-point lead within a minute. And then, Jim, the real men's player of the year, Jalen Suggs, hits an all-time shot to win the game as the buzzer sounds from about 50, 45, 50 feet out. I did see he climbed on the table because he wanted to be like Kobe and D-Wade. And then D-Wade came back at him and said, I climbed up on my table to be like you. Yeah, that <laughs> it was, pretty, was it's pretty cool. That was a cool thing. Yeah. So, uh, really, I mean, probably – they're already putting this up as one of like the top three or four all-time shots in the final four um, in men's bass, the men's tournament history. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's got some staying power, not in the championship game, which is why it's probably not going to um, end up one or two, but it's still, still up there. So good game. And then we're going to see what happens in the championship versus with Gonzaga taking on Baylor. I'm still going to hold you this point. Like I'm, that was a great game. I'm, I agree. But like the women's games are more interesting. Yeah. Yes. No. If you're gonna say game, game itself, games a game. I'm gonna say game. The Gonzaga UCLA game was a more entertaining game overall. No, no, I'm not. Take that game out. You took one out of the three games in the final four, Jim. I'm saying the whole tournament. Like if you took the UCLA Gonzaga game out and make that like the, the unicorn. And then stack the tournament up against it. Ah, men's is still more entertaining to me. Sorry. All right. All right. Sorry. You've got all these other storylines. You had Loyola Chicago. You had UCLA. I mean, you've had a lot of you had a lot of good storylines there. Um, okay. So we're going to move past all these other things we may be talking about here and get into the last segment of this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. <laughs> UFC, baby. UFC. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Nate Diaz is back. Tell your friends. Oh yeah. The bad boy from Compton. One of my favorites. He's my guy. Muff, is he your guy? I don't know. I'm a fan of the Diaz brothers. I'm not going to say no to that. I just don't. I feel like Derek Lewis is my guy. Okay. We got multiple guys in the UFC. Just yeah. Cause we can go by weight class if you want. But anyway, Fair Nate enough. Diaz is back. UFC 262. May 15th, he's verbally agreed, which with a DS, he might not be back. <laughs> There's no contract yet. Um, he's fighting Michael Chandler for the UFC lightweight title. Who's this Michael Chandler fellow? Who cares? Is this is this an open title right now? I don't know. Like, and it, I don't care. Is Michael Chandler the current lightweight? It's an champion? open title, I think. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't know who this man is. And I don't care, Muff. All right. All I care about is Diaz is active again. 
I think it's interesting that if anybody who's kept up with us has remembered, the anti-doping policy has changed a bit. And all of a sudden, guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Uh, he, he's got like six weeks. I guarantee he's uh, hitting a left-handed Lucy uh, right up on the scale. Guaranteed. As long as it's legal in the state in which they fight. Exactly. Diaz hasn't fought since November of 19. Hmm. And I still say he's one bad man. So, that's one half of the UFC news. Mm-hmm. Second half, Money Mac gets his third fight against Dustin Poirier. UFC 264, July 10th, and there is a contract. Oh, well, he, yeah, there's going to be no McGregor fight without a contract. This is a trilogy fight. This is the third one. Uh, this is the rubber match. Poirier skips his title fight. He could fight for a title. I mean, let's face it. He just knocked out Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. He's skipping it to take that money fight against Conor. Question for you, Muff. Conor loses. What does that mean? It means he's probably done fighting. Do you think so? I I feel like he's he's done as we know it. You know, he's going to at least going to take a full year off. I, I just don't, unless there's a money angle for him, who's he going to fight? Like, who's left? So then, does he does he go boxing or is he done done? I think the boxing's worn out with him at this point. I mean, who who's he going to fight? Um, who's coming back out? Manny Pacquiao is he going to fight Manny Pacquiao just because? I mean, I bet you can get some money from that. But okay. what's really going to so really happen? Essentially, if he loses and he doesn't fight again, he's lost his fire because the man can still fight. He's a young guy. He could still fight. I, I see him, and I, these are not the same type of thing going on here, but I see him focusing, refocusing his efforts like Jay-Z did. Right. Like building the empire. Yep. That's what I see. I mean, he's already started this with his proper 12. Um, he's already, what, in his last fights has gotten some of, like the he got his advertisements on there that was part of his deal like i see him building the empire and i think if he doesn't see success within the octagon that it's time for him to step away and just start just continuing to build on what he's already done let me pitch this to you Mm -hmm. diaz wins on 262 connor wins in 264 you know what's coming right you know what's coming there for sure get freaking pumped or if they both lose Uh, if they both lose that could still be a big fight because maybe it's who gets the next title shot they both lose i think i think dana strokes (laughs) probably (laughs) probably (laughs) but that's the ufc news sir and that wraps up this week's fast five fast five fast five Do you want to support a local business that puts care and thought into every project? Harper and Company. You can get t-shirts, onesies, and tea towels. We even have real cute ones for Halloween. Harper and Company. Are you looking for a gift for your significant other? Think about a personalized wine glass. Harper and Company. Not sure what to get the family member that seems to have everything? 
Maybe get a decal they can put on their Yeti or laptop. Harper and Company. Want to spoil yourself with a gift because why the hell not? Harper and Company. Harper and Company is able to fulfill your custom gift needs at an affordable price. Interested? Follow Harper and Company on Facebook to put together a gift plan that will have all of your friends and family wanting to call Harper and and Company. Company. Well, I wasn't going to give you a GD Jets rant, but I guess I have to because the GD Jets actually made a good move. As much as I've professed to like Sam Darnold over the year, uh, getting three picks out of him I think is worth it. Yeah, sixth rounder this year, but then they've got a second and a fourth rounder coming in next year's draft from Carolina. Uh, I like that. Uh, it frees up some more cap space. You know, they're definitely going QB this year. Um, don't know if it's going to be Fields or the guy from BYU, but they got a couple of picks in the uh, first round this year. Hopefully, they're serious about rebuilding. So, uh, the GD Jets or the GD Jets. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Homer. Oh! And because it's opening weekend, we brought Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Hugh Mulvey. (sighs) Hugh, this might be a record-breaking guest for you. You might be like... You think I'm the most appearing guest of all time? I think you're close. It's, It's down to you and Scott... And of course, Nate. But I mean, I feel like Nate's got it. Yeah, but I think Nate's got his own. Like, he's that's his segment. So, outside yeah. of Nate, it's down to you and Scott I'm, now. I'm just to be nominated is as an honor. Just to be nominated. Just to be nominated. Just to be nominated. He was pouring on thick leading up to the Masters right now to Brooks oh. Kepka. He is he's my dude, man. I'm just I just want to be friends. I just want to hang out with Brooks. Well, he seems like a cool guy. I mean, if you get him on our show, I promise you, you will, your guest spot numbers will go through the roof. I I will either get him on the show or I will get a restraint order. I'm telling you, at this point, <laughs> we're heading in that direction. Hugh, right. Hugh, Hugh bought his popcorn or the uh, popcorn that he markets and promotes. Bought the popcorn. I bought. I mean, I got the shoes. I got. I mean, I'm friends with him on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know why he doesn't like me. I mean. <laughs> We both like baseball. He's a baseball guy. I'm going to start pulling on the family heartstrings here pretty soon. I mean, his his great uncle is Dick Grote, who calls his, the pitching. what? Dick Dick Grote, if you're familiar oh, with the name. Okay. He's the uh, – he actually is a former baseball player, played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, mm-hmm. went to Duke and played basketball there, and actually calls the Pitt men's basketball. That's his great uncle. So. All right. I'm going to have to get a hold of Dick Grote and see if he can get me in. There's always a Yinzer connection, Jim. There's always. 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 (laughs) Well, we're glad to have you on the Homer. Glad to be. As always, one Mm -hmm. of us will start, and then we'll put you in the middle, and then one of us will take it home. Good. Good. But, Moff, I'm going to let you go first. Nope. Nope, Jim. You're going first. Sorry, buddy. All right. All right. But you're, uh, mine actually has legitimacy here. You're just tossing this in because you're being you. So there you go. <laughs> I am doing this out of spite. You're correct. I was trying to end it on spite so I could get a couple digs and get out of this segment. So, all nope. right. Let me start it. This one's for uh, listener Wilk. Cut a little uh, blowback from the last episode. 
Why is uh, that, Jim? Because he was Wilk said, you know what, Muff's right. You talk about Ohio State a lot, and I was like, it's the Homer section. Like, I'm a Ohio State Homer. Like, I'm admittedly Ohio State Homer. He was like, yeah, but you do it a lot, and I was like, all right, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up for you, Wilk. I'll change it up. But not really. <laughs> I'm gonna change it up. So this week I'm gonna ha- talk about somebody who had an undefeated season. Um, the Definitely Ohio can't St- be Ohio State football. <laughs> All right, Muff. Ouch. All right. It's going to be one of those nights, I can tell. Ouch. I'm going to talk about the undefeated Ohio State pistol team who captured both the Ohio State National Championship and the Women's National Championship. Um, Ohio State has previously won the Open team title in 2000, 2014, 15, 16, and 18. And the women's title in 2000, 2003, 4, 9, and 17. The Buckeyes won the open title with an aggregate score of 6,681. And beat second place Texas A&M by 110 points. The women's team scored 3,305 points, beating the Coast Guard by 57 points. Because that's the branch of the military we know for pistol shooting. (laughs) But I mean, like, I'm a little worried about our coasts if Ohio State's beating you. But anyway. They got bigger guns than pistols, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) That's also very true. (laughs) They're they're playing the hand grenades. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get it close. See, make sure it works. You bring a knife to a gunfight. The Coast Guard's got it covered. Don't worry. (laughs) Ohio State's freshman Jackson Levert won the open individual title. And plays first in both air pistol and standard pistol. What does that mean, Jim? It means he did real good with an air pistol and a standard pistol. <laughs> Is that like a like a blow dart? I, like think a I think it's like a pellet gun. Ah, uh, like a Red Rider. Yeah, he's good wow. with his Red Rider BB gun. These are all pistols. These are all pistols. Hey, whatever you got to do to get it done, it's all anyway, good. Ohio State sophomore Caitlin Ablin won the women's individual title and placed first in sport pistol in both open and women's categories. That's my homer. Wilk, you can suck it. So, just a little bit of uh, a little bit, not even a dig here. I'm not even going to dig. I already do, I've already done that. I actually was able to witness a multi-school pistol match while I was visiting the United States Winter Olympics training facility in Colorado Springs. Cool. Yeah. I was doing the tour and there just so happened to be a match going on. Me and my uh, my buddy Bobby who lives out there, we, we stopped and we actually talked to a couple of the participants and we're like, hey, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, this is a college meet. We only get to do two or three of these and we get super lucky and be able to use this training facility. I was like, oh, that's awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Honestly, for like 10 minutes and watched it. I think it would be kind of cool to, to watch a, an event like that for a little bit. But what's surprising to me about the Ohio State victory is that they beat Texas A&M. I mean, yeah, you're in the patron status shooting stuff. Yeah, you guys, you guys are you guys are holding your own. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I had always heard that West Virginia was real good at shooting stuff. Rifle, rifle. It's rifle. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So... You, don't, you don't kill too many bears with with. With just yeah. with the air pistol, right? Musket, right? Musket. Got it. Coast Guard's better with the big, big guns. <laughs> right. The blunderbuss. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, Hugh, so, you're up, buddy. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, it's it's opening week for uh, Major League Baseball, and so my my homer is kind of a, a dual um, dual faceted homer. Obviously, I'm going to go Buckos. The Buckos won their home their, not home opener, but season opener. I'm pretty sure because Chris bet against them. So, Chris, you need to keep that up. Well, I, bet I, I bet against them in uh, game Who's two Chris? and it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, Muff, Muff, you sorry. bet against yeah. them? Muff's, 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 uh, Muff bet against the Pirates game one, and they won. And then what they proceeded the next two to the Cubs. Um, so we're off to the start that we anticipated. Losing and... the first series. <laughs> So to all you Pirates fans out there who are super excited that uh, that they won their first game, they did, um, and it could be a one and one sixty one season from here on out. But for a little bit of hope, and this is more for our friend Keith than anybody, the Baltimore Orioles are three and zero having swept to begin the season. Uh, but I would imagine if we have this conversation around the All Star game time, we're probably in the cellar, the both of us, and <laughs> you know it's just going to be another one of those seasons. So. Hang in there. Hang in there. The sun is out. I'm going to stay positive. <laughs> Even though the Pirates' Pirates' best player went on the uh, injured reserve after the yeah, first game. For 10 games. <laughs> with ten a games, bad wrist. <laughs> with a wrist injury. Uh, the pitcher today couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a baseball. Uh, but they, they played the Cubs tight. And, uh, you know, we're only one game back. And after day one, we were the number one team in the NL. So, just picture the schedule. I'm going to have it framed. We were, we were the top dog. I did. I, I screen grabbed that and put it on our Instagram just for <laughs> so I can look back at it later. Yeah. Yeah. Look back at it in a month from now and it's not going to be as pretty. But um, the, the other thing I was going to mention, and uh, it kind of ties into a conversation we had last year, um, there was a brawl opening weekend this weekend. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds and the Cardinals got into it um, over a ridiculous situation. And one, I'm going to bring it up because everybody loves a good baseball fight. There's nothing like a baseball fight opening weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, no punches were thrown. There, I'm sure there was a lot of profanity used. Um, but just the circumstances surrounding the baseball fight were so utterly ridiculous. A guy slides into home after a wild pitch. He had been plunked, and I guess he took exception to the fact that he had been plunked. Uh, slid into the pitcher and then stands up over top of the pitcher and gets in the pitcher's face. Like, the pitcher – they don't practice covering home plate and blocking a runner. The guy slides in like it's to win game seven of the World Series, gets up and then gets in the pitcher's face. Game two of the season, and then all chaos ensues. Yadier Molina gets irritated. Everybody's going at it. And it's I, like, game two? Really? So why is it always Yadier Molina? Why is he always in the it middle of the always feel like it's Yadier Molina. This time, I'm not going to put the blame on him. Because I don't think the, the hit was intentional, and I think that it's ridiculous to slide into home plate and to get into the pitcher's face. Yeah, take that. Come on. Was it even the same pitcher? It was the same pitcher. Okay. So it was the same pitcher. But regardless, I mean, like, it wasn't intentional. I mean, come on. Come on. And you play for the Reds. Like, chill out. It's game two. Hey, there's 160 hey, more. Hey. There's 160 more of them. I mean, I was with you until you said it's the Reds. Then I, I mean, was like, ah. I'm a Pirates fan. I'm a Pirates fan. I mean, we and it's not like we're not good enough to really not get along with anybody. But it, come on, it's All early. Right. It's All early. Right. It's early. But 
I will say, I do like a good baseball fight, and it added a little bit of intrigue to an otherwise pretty boring baseball just in general. I'll give it to <laughs> you. It did. It did. Well, screw, screw the Reds and screw the Ohio State Pistol team. Um, okay. This to guy. My, to my homer, as I win a dollar off of Jim, um, is Roy Williams retiring at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Aww. There's been a run. It's been a run. Uh, Roy Williams' career, 903 and 264 over his stints at Kansas in North Carolina. Third all-time in wins in Kansas. Second all-time in wins at North Carolina. So he's top three at both of those schools in wins overall. He's the fastest ever to reach 900 wins ever. Fastest ever. He is already a member of the College Basketball and the Basketball Hall of Fame, and he guided teams to nine Final Four appearances over his 33 years coaching. Um, what I will remember about Roy Williams is he was the best at never calling timeouts, even whenever his team was on the wrong side of a double-digit run by the other team. Uh, he was notorious for saying, oh, they got to figure it out. Let them keep playing. They're gonna they're gonna make it through this, and inevitably they would not. Um, it was always the knock on him that he never used his timeouts. He, uh, I was listening to some other podcasts, and they said, "Oh, he's he's taken he's gonna take timeouts to the grave." Like that's just he just didn't never used them. Um, I think one of the reasons it's I think he found it was finally his time to bow out. Uh, he didn't really adapt to the times with the one and done stuff, um, but I don't really care. I mean, he brought three championships to Tar Heel Nation um, and continue continued to allow those at He's Not Here. That's a bar in Chapel Hill that I've frequented. Um, enjoy basketball season for many, many years. Uh, the next question, as people would think, is who are they going to hire? I, being a homer, would like them to see a current assistant be hired for this, maybe Hubert Davis. I think that'd be cool. Um, there's another assistant, Steve Robinson, that's been discussed, as well as former player um, Wes Miller, who is the current coach at UNC Greensboro. Of course, you hear all the other names coming out, like uh, Mike White from Florida, Mark Few from Gonzaga. Of course, they're going to be tossed out there. Um, but let's keep it in-house. They've only had five head coaches since 1952, which is probably why I'm drawn to them, because I'm Impressive. a fan of – yeah, I'm a fan – typically of uh longevity in the coaching realms that's why i really enjoy the steelers which is why i was drawn to north carolina the uh the history with dean smith um they had a few in between dean smith and um roy williams but here we go it's my thing my homer roy williams enjoy retirement buddy you know what i remember about let me back that up what is roy williams record against duke what's roy williams it is, I believe he's around that 500 mark. I think he and Krzyzewski were pretty pretty evenly matched throughout their career. I haven't seen that number, um, but I know the all-time matchup is around 500. Um, so I've got a man, he's been, he's been there long enough that it's probably about that same mark. What I'm going to remember is the way he retired. Because the way he retired was probably one of the classiest things, aside from his predecessor, or the guy before him, I'm sorry. Dean Smith. Dean Smith. He's a few before him, but yeah. yeah. The last known co notable coach. In right. Canada, yeah. He was just like, I think it's time for me to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he has, probably has some more games in him, but he's like, nah, I'm out, which is the same way Dean Smith did it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's pretty cool for a coach to do it that way. Like go out this way. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not a I'm not a huge basketball guy one way or the other. I mean I, I enjoy watching it. I'm terrible at playing it, but um he just strikes me as a non controversial, like yeah. all around good guy. That coach that any anybody who plays a game would want to play for. And so I think it's a fitting way to go out. So I don't think there's a whole lot controversial about Roy Williams. So no. Good career. But- Let's let's hope we don't hear anything five years from now. Yeah, but I mean, good career. Yeah, on some wood. Yeah, you never know. But all's good now. All's good now. Enjoy retirement. Well, that's the Homer. And aside from Muff talking a lot of shit, it was pretty smooth. I like that talking that cash trash. Yeah. <laughs> Get so, the Reds uh, out of here. <laughs> hey, it's real, real, real true story here. True story. I actually have a first game certificate attending a reds game they actually hand out like my first reds game certificates and i went to a reds game i don't remember who they were playing i was in cincinnati for a weekend and ended up at a reds game and i was told it was myself tim the people know tim uh we were with old johnny k and uh it was johnny k's young son's first game his son was like (laughs) one or two at the time and they asked do you have to be a certain age to get this certificate and they said no anybody can get it and john said i went for my two other friends over there too (laughs) so i have a first reds game certificate in a here's what drives me nuts about the reds and it's nothing personal it's the fact that Pete Rose played for that team, and Pete Rose drives me bonkers. Okay, number two, number two. I did not know you had an issue with Pete Rose. Oh, what a jerk! I fell asleep in a car ride, right, and and I woke up in Cincinnati, and I thought I was in Pittsburgh. And when I woke up, I'm like, oh, we're home. And my buddy was like, no, we're in Cincinnati. I'm like, wait a second, they stole our city. Like, why does it look exactly the same? Like, what a bunch of copycats. <laughs> So I don't know which city came first, to be honest with you, but it drives me bonkers that they look exactly alike. Yeah. They're both along a river, so I feel like yeah. they probably and came I mean, up around the same time. Oh, and, and another thing, Nick Lachey. What's up with that guy? That guy. <laughs> is, he from, is he from Cincinnati? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. And Vontez Burke, whatever. Cincinnati, I'm done. Man, Mr. Positivity. <laughs> That's all we needed. Just I, I just bring up a city. I keep replaying the fight in my head. I'm getting fired up. Let's go. Come on now. Bring it back down. <laughs> when you say the fight, you mean the holdback, the holdback yeah, crew? Yeah. That's Hold all me that back. was. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> no fight. Hold me back. Jeez. I'm going to stand behind the umpire. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> no, all right. it's, all, it's all good. We're all nationally. Well, thanks for being on uh, the Homer segment. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Always good to see Captain Positivity. <laughs> Captain, Captain Anger. Right. <laughs> All right. Happy to be here. It's time for the take, take of, of the, the week. week. Take of the week. <laughs> we need to find like a, a songwriter to maybe Do make that. Jingles. Yeah, because we're not the best jingles. No. Jing- we're not the best jinglers. Um, we'll do better. We will do better. I'm going to start out this week. You can bring it home with yours, Jim. Yeah. My take of the week is my master's dinner. In honor of the master's being this week, we've already talked a little bit about this as you brought up. We're going to talk about the dinner, which is picked by last year's champion or the last champion. Mm -hmm. 
Dustin Johnson, last year's champion, gets to pick the Masters dinner, which is on Tuesday night, if I remember correctly, is this dinner is served. There is an appetizer. There's a first course. They have sides, main course, and then a dessert. So Dustin Johnson's appetizer is pigs in a blanket and lobster and corn fritters. His first course is a house salad or Caesar salad. You get a choice. The family style sides are mashed potatoes and spring vegetables. The main course is a filet mignon and a miso marinated sea bass. And a dessert, peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla ice cream. Not a bad meal. Not upset about it. I've seen worse. Uh, Patrick Reed, I think, was like pretty much like hamburgers and hot dogs and macaroni and cheese, which I thought was hilarious. Did you see that coming up at like the master's dinner? Um, okay. So uh, my take my take of the week is what my master's dinner would be if I were ever to be in that spot where I won the master's, which will never happen. My appetizers, honey barbecue wings, and one of those huge Bavarian pretzels that you get with like beer cheese. I don't know why that just stuck with me. I had a very impressive when I was at Primandy's this past week, and I was like, you know what? I always love when I get this. First course, I'm going to stay with the salad. We're going to go Caesar salad. So that's what you get, the Caesar salad. My sides, Jim, are asparagus, steamed asparagus, and sweet potato chips. And I mean, like, you actually cut the sweet potato, toss it in with a little bit of oil and some garlic salt, and then you toss it down and you bake them up to a chip. Okay. My main course. I don't know why. I don't know why this is a steak that I always go to. I've had others. I like other steaks. But the New York Strip always comes back to me. So the New York Strip steak is going to be my main course. And in my dessert, my dessert gym is a brownie, a fudge brownie, topped with vanilla ice cream and hot chocolate. Drizzle all that little hot chocolate on there. Put the ice cream on there. And there's my master's dinner. All right, buddy. And there's my take. <laughs> okay. Not the traditional take, but you know. You took us on a journey, and that's I, what I appreciate. You know, it. I, I just I, tell us your tell us what your master's dinner would be, people. Once you listen to this, if you yeah. tell us what your dinner would be, toss out your. Even I think if we can put that on the gram. We can. We can put that on the gram. We can put that on the gram. So my take of the week um, is about the broadcaster responsibility. And what that means. Dan Orlovsky was recently on Pat McAfee's show talking about Justin Fields and his work ethic. Mentioned how he had heard a rumor, heard a rumor that Justin Fields was the last guy in and the first guy out of practice or film or anything. But he, he did say he had heard this and this was not his opinion. Um, he backpedals and apologizes once this becomes a firestorm. Kirk Herbstreet, Ohio State alum and, you know, also a big-time ESPN guy, hammers him for it, openly criticizes him for saying what he said. ESPN calls both men into the office and reads them the riot act, um, basically because, you know, not supposed to beat on a fellow teammate of ESPN. Um, and this kind of goes back to the Stephen A. Smith and affecting careers. My take is there comes a time when the shtick and the song and dance that a broadcaster or a talking head or hell, even a podcaster 
it starts to impact somebody's life. Orlovsky and what he said, it will impact. It has become the narrative for Justin Fields. Whether he is or is not the first one or last one out, being said on Pat McAfee's show, it's going to impact Justin Fields. It's going to affect his payday, his reputation. And all he did was hear it. He doesn't know. Now, there's been a lot of people in Ohio State coming out to defend him, saying that's BS. But, I mean, now the narrative from them is, well, of course you're going to say that. You're trying to get your guy drafted. So it's, you're never going to undo that damage. Um, I talk a lot of trash about Mark and Kevin and Cokehead Jones. I get it. Hey, Dana. <laughs> and Dana. You know? Um I get that we're all trying to get clicks and likes and and views on our on our content. But I think to, and to some degree like back up what you're saying with actual fact. Like Kevin screwed up. I here is why. Mark screwed up. Here is why. John Jones actually was arrested for cocaine. Like to say that a man is the first one and last one out when you don't know and that's never been proven or that Russell's not a good basketball player because he doesn't have a ring, go out there and play him, Steven. Like, back some of your stuff up if you're going to get it. If you're going to get the clicks and the likes, at least have something substantial and proven to back it up. Here's, here's I have to ask this question of you. Yeah. I feel like... ESPN is starting to venture out into the we're going to participate in other s- types of media that are not controlled by ESPN. Yeah. All on the Pat McAfee show. And I feel like for ESPN loyalists, it's like, oh, this isn't ESPN. So maybe we can open it up a little bit with our takes and not be as trimmed down as we typically would be. Sure. Is this new waters for ESPN and them figuring this out? Uh, yeah. Like for those for those sports personalities. Now, obviously, Stephen A. did it within the confines of the show yeah. he is on, but that is also very much what that show is about. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. They are in new waters. I think anybody who goes on Pat McAfee's show, even if it was us, you got to be careful. Pat knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? He does. I think it's funny. If you haven't seen this or anybody has seen this, find an episode where Ariel Hawani is on the Pat McAfee show. It It is hilarious content. Ariel Hawani plays Ariel Heel Wani. And all he does is just, just blast different takes and just like do this weird thing. But he's also the ESPN's UFC guy. So he doesn't like nobody's really probably going to pay attention to the other stuff that he does. Right. If we're being honest, like it's not like Dan Orlovsky, who's an NFL commentator and does a lot of that stuff. So I think places like Barstool and Pat McAfee built their brand on, we aren't the news. Mm-hmm. And if we can get people who are official to come on and we can break them more, more power to us. And those people who get broke, ESPN guys, uh, Roger Gattel, yeah, you guys are suckers, and that's on you. Dan Orlovsky, though, you didn't just get broke. You also took Justin Fields down with you, and that, to me, is a problem. Yeah. That's my take. 
And that's the take. I understand it's a Homer thing. I they'd have taken uh Yeah, I wasn't even gonna say it. I wasn't even gonna say it. You took well, it. You, you gave the oh. Well nobody can see my face right now, so Yeah, but you made a sound effect, so get off me. That's take of the week, you jerk. Okay, Buff, in honor of opening day. We're gonna hop back in the time machine for our newer segment. <laughs> Out of time. Today I've challenged you, Muff. We're going to pick Ch- our challenge me. Challenge me, or you challenge yourself? Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I challenged us, Muff, to pick our dream matchup. It's the bottom of the ninth tag game. You have one mega hitter versus the best pitcher. Who do you want to see hitting, and who do you want to see throwing? Let's go. Go pick your people. Okay. You've given me a lot of opportunity to make to make this go in a lot of different ways. How many outs are there? How many people are on base? Like I need these details are important here, Jim. Details are important. We're in your time machine, buddy. Go ahead. We're in my time machine. Okay. All time matchup, if all we need is a hit. If we need a hit because their bases are loaded, bases are jacked, two outs, bottom of the ninth. We need a hit. The hitter I'm putting up there is Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn to get a single, to get any hit. The person that I want to put up against him and that I want to be out on the the mound, Mariano Rivera. There you go, Scott. One time that I may side with you in this, Mariano Rivera is my pitcher. Give me Tony Gwynn, the righty versus lefty matchup. Give me the righty lefty there. Um, You know, give me Tony Gwynn if all we need is a hit. If I need the long ball, Jim, we need the long ball. I'm still Rivera's still out there as my all time matchup, but give me Barry Bonds. Give me Barry if we need the long ball. Okay. To get over the top. I like it. So I went at this as the promoter, as as the Don King of baseball. I wanna say I wanna put butts to seats in my time machine baseball stadium. Okay. I'm going the big unit versus the big fella, the great Bambino, the salt SWAT. Versus Bryson DeChambeau? <laughs> the big bam, the behemoth, whatever you want. Okay? All of all of the nicknames from Sandlot, insert here. Exactly. Randy Johnson versus Babe Ruth. You got to wonder how Babe would have done seeing Randy come up to the mound. Okay? Got it. I did some recon. All right. The tallest pitcher that that Babe has ever went up against was a 6 foot 6 right-hander named Jim Weaver. Okay. Okay. He saw nothing like Mr. Johnson. Johnson limited lefties to 0.199 Point two seven seven slash point two nine two, with just twenty five home runs. Wait, what? What? What numbers you just toss out there? I don't know what it is. I just that's what it says. One ninety nine. Yeah. One ninety nine batting average. Okay. Yeah. Got. It. With just twenty five home runs, in two thousand one hundred thirty six plate appearances. Mm-hmm. So the odds of Ruth even taking him deep don't sound like a, you know, it's not good odds. 
Right. But it's Babe freaking Ruth. <laughs> Mr. Okay? Hot, Mr. Hot Dog himself. Plus, there's reports out there mm-hmm. that Babe would switch and go right-handed. So would he do it against Randy? Who knows? And I would hype the shit out of this to make it the most hyped thing. It wouldn't even be about the teams at that point. My posters would have like, it would be like a boxing match on the baseball diamond. Would one of these pictures and or video clips include Randy Johnson killing a bird? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. So that, my friend, is where I would go in my time machine. And that is out of time. And as always, everybody, tell a friend, make a friend, be a friend.